Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Kerry are all Ireland champions after beating Galway in a thrilling final in Croke Park this afternoon. For long periods, it was the David Clifford versus Shane Walsh show with two forwards going shot for shot like two golfers in the back nine of a major on Sunday. They actually combined for 17 points in the end of what was a thrilling game, but Kerry came out on top to win their first All Ireland title since 2014. And welcome to the Throne Podcast for our post-match reaction show. Will Slattery here with you. Delighted to be joined by Michael Verney and Dick Clerken. Dick, I'll go to you first. The game was really in the balance there in the final quarter. Why do you think Kerry got out on the right side of the result? Fine margins at the end of the day, Will. But like you look at the efficiency stats at half time. You know, Kerry very wasteful. Galway barely put a foot wrong. They sort of tilted it with marginally in Kerry's favour in the second half. And again, it's very hard to pick holes in Galway because that effort that they, they played for the whole game to go and create scores and, you know, Killian McDade was phenomenal. Two of those wides were on his, 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 his card. But again, that you could not be critical. And I think just Kerry were just that bit more clinical and efficient in the second half. And, and you know, in those pivotal moments, they just kept the scoreboard ticking, especially when they got ahead. You know, it was it was so tight. They just got that bit of confidence. But again, you're 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 spitting hairs because the game was so tight. But just you know, Clifford in those clutch moments, especially those two frees out in the Kuzakstan side, you know, just needed every bit of his skill to get them over, and he did. And probably when when you boil down to it, that was the difference in the day. Yeah, Michael. And considering Kerry's metal was questioned coming into this year, the manner in which they won the semi final and the final. You know, obviously any All-Ireland they would have bitten your hand off for, but to kind of answer some of those questions about their ability to close out tight games must be very satisfying for them as well. Yeah, to be chasing the game, I'd say, Will, they were chasing for, for long spells. Even Galway went a couple of points up at the start of the second half. But Kerry looked a different team uh, offensively in the second half, even when Killian Spillane came on. There was a lot more directness to them. Um, it was a lot less ponderous. They weren't just going with the long ball in. And the long ball worked in the first half at different stages, but... Kerry didn't really know how to how to work around Galway's defence, really, but then a lot more ideas in the second half. I think they kicked, what, 13 points in the second half, got Clifford even on the ball a bit more. Got Killian Spillane in particular, I just thought, was, was dangerous every time he was on the ball. Um, they got a good, good jump from the bench. And as you say there, the game was really, really tight coming down the home stretch. And it was 16 points apiece uh, when Killian McDade levelled it up. And then Galway didn't score thereafter. Just a bit of a shutout kind of put up by Kerry. And we'd probably talk about Clifford and uh, Shawnee O'Shea for their displays throughout the year. But the defence is really the big difference this year. Three goals conceded uh, in 13 league and championship games. They conceded three goals in 90 minutes against Tyrone last year. Like it's just pole, you know, poles apart to, to what it was last year. They coughed up the odd goal chance. Johnny Heaney had a goal chance earlier on. Just real good scrambled uh, defence from, from Stephen O'Brien. And, you know, those rare chances that you get at the moment against Kerry, you kind of have to take them. But um, they're just so much more solid at the back. And from, uh, from the chasing packs point of view now, 
I would, you know, there would be a degree of worry that the, the dam, I, th- I do think the dam will burst now and that the shackles are off. David Clifford's no longer, you know, one of the best players without an All-Ireland and he could end up with five or six easily at this stage. They're, they're, it's a relatively young profile of his side as well. So just to get over the line and do it the way that they did, not to be front-running, to be chasing for long spells of the game, hugely satisfying for them and uh, they'll celebrate it accordingly, I'm sure. Yeah, Dick. Obviously, David Clifford's going to get a lot of attention for his display. You touched on it at the start. You know, eight points overall, three frees, two marks when Kerry were really under pressure in that first half and three points from play. You know, now that he has that All-Ireland, like, and this final performance to crown it off, you know, what, what can you say about him? It, I suppose it says a lot for how, how good a player he is that, like, what did he finish with? Eight points, three from play, one wide. But yet, if you were to rate his performance probably tops an 8 out of 10, which sounds bizarre because he, he for a lot of the game, I'm not sure whether he was carrying an injury or something, he was he was very static. He was sort of hanging around the D. There was very few times you've seen him sort of bursting out to the wings and that sort of explosiveness that he did. You know, Sean Kelly, in fairness, couldn't really have done more. He was, from the first whistle to the end, he was right on his shoulder, just getting that wee hand on to try and block his run. But again, it just shows the ability of the man, just those clutch moments, the few opportunities he had to score from play, he, he nailed them. And, you know, what can't he achieve now in the game? Like, he'll have four All-Stars in the bag, probably a footballer of the year, his first All-Ireland at, at, at the age that he is. Um, but at the same time, only for him. Like, outside of him, for a large part of that game, Kerry didn't look like a team that had had the players around him to win that All-Ireland. Like he, he kept them in the game for a large part of it. And yes, the rest of them kicked in down the home straight. But at the same time, you know, he, he's, he's that good. He You'd almost say it was it was equivalent to Morris Fitzgerald's All-Ireland in 97 that he literally carried that team on his back. But yet still, you know, from a David Clifford point of view, there was another probably 20, 25% in, in, in him on, 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 on what we know he can deliver. Michael, one talking point from a Galway perspective will be the performance of Damian Comer and, you know, I suppose his inability to get into the game, certainly in the manner which he did against Derry in the semi-final with those key goals. You know, from their perspective, what will they look at and, what you know, what, why do you think he didn't get into the game and what could Galway maybe have done to maybe make him more influential? Just from a Galway point of view, I, there's, there's probably not too much you can look at, I would say. Like, did deliver a brilliant performance the guts of about 65, 66 minutes. In fairness to them, Paul Conroy went into full forward at one stage and Comer actually came out, made a, made a brilliant catch uh, for a point at one stage, came back and made a brilliant turnover on Paul Murphy as well near the end. Just with, with where Tyg Morley was sitting in around the D and even where Stephen O'Brien at times was sitting in around the D as well, just re- wasn't really the space for him to operate in. It's funny, within a, within a given game, uh, Shane Walsh maybe got the space that Damian Comer was afforded the last day somewhat because they were marking Shane Walsh tighter. They were probably marking and minding Comer a lot more today. Kerry were, and they maybe afforded Shane Walsh a bit more space. That's kind of the, the jigs and reels of it. One guy gets more attention and maybe another guy's pros- prospers on a given day. But they brought him out and I thought he was influential out the field when he, when he came out. But it obviously takes that kind of killer punch away from inside. But the ball wasn't really getting into them. They weren't playing that much ball inside. They played three high balls in at the very end. And that was, you know, there were probably three rare occasions where they put the ball in around the house. But from a Galway point of view, it's just, it's hugely encouraging, but disappointing from the point of view. They got so much right, but probably just weren't able to see it out. And Colin Spade Spade probably didn't have the bench or the players off the bench to make an impact that Kerry had. 
So, Dick, do you agree with Michael that this could be the dam bursting that, like, much like when Dublin won the, their first All Ireland, you know, 10 years ago or so, that it kind of heralded in this new era? Do you think Kerry are the dominant force that will add a number of All Irelands? Or do you think, you know, this game was in the melting pot for long periods? Would you say that maybe there's other teams looking for next year and thinking they have a shot? I'm, I'm not so sure because really they were so dependent on, on Clifford in that game. Like, that leaves them very exposed to a game that he could be injured or sent off or whatever it is. Like a lot of the rest of their forwards, like again, even Sean O'Shea, you know, we got all the plaudits rightly so against the last game, you know, didn't have a particularly influential game. So there'd be question marks there now hanging over a lot of those Kerry players that at that, at that level, can they dominate? Not can they win? So yeah, you know, odds law, they'll probably win a couple over the next five or six. Will they do a run and completely dominate? Yeah, I'm not so sure. I think they need, they need to find another... Young David Moran, who you know, and 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 it's great to see him get another All Ireland after the challenging career he has from injuries, and he, you know he just he just sort of gassed out, but but still had an impact in the first half. You know they need to try and replace him. You know in terms of that sort of standalone midfield, you've seen how dominant and influential uh, Killian McDade was. You know if he was in the Kerry jersey, for instance. Yes, you'd be absolutely saying. So I think I think Jack O'Connor, in terms of trying to really dominate, they probably need to unearth another one or two players around that sort of middle middle area and, and possibly somebody to support Clifford up front because um, they just looked a wee bit over-dependent. Um, but but listen, that's, it's up for the rest of the chasing pack to take it off them now. And uh, listen, we've seen this year, Galway, obviously, Dublin are never going to be far away. You know, Wolves are throwing up challengers. So um, listen to the team to beat, but I wouldn't just say it by, uh, it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to dominate now for the next four or five years. Just from Jack O'Connor's point of view as well, Will, like it's just like all the pressure was on. It was all great coming back for the third coming and they needed him to come back. But all the pressure was on this year and he's delivered League Munster and All-Ireland. I think it's I think it's the third time he's done it and he's done it every year. Toronto won the All-Ireland. He's come back and managed to do League Munster and All-Ireland the year after. But like, you know, it was it's 04, 06, 09. Like it's 13 years since he last won All-Ireland. Um, and he's obviously learned an awful lot along the way. And... Um, it's probably the elephant in the room somewhat, but Kerry bringing in somebody like a Paddy Talley shows that they needed to, that's the direction that they needed to go in. And they're very proud in a lot of respects. And that's a big deal to bring in somebody like that who would be, you know, heralded as in inverted commas, a defensive coach. But that's what they needed to, to tighten up in defence to get that bit of steel at the back. And they certainly got it. And from Jack O'Connor's point of view, you know, in All-Ireland, in each of his three terms with Kerry is phenomenal achievements. There's a good line after the game when he was asked, Does he, did he feel the pressure coming in this year? And he said, I'm a bit long in the toot now to be feeling pressure. So he seemed like a fairly calm customer at the final. Also, with- also Will, I think the uh, the oldest uh, All-Ireland senior football winner manager in a long, long time. Um, in, he's 61. Obviously, Brian Cody is. Uh, Brian Cody would have been a similar age, actually, when he uh, managed Kilkenny to his last All-Ireland. But you go back through the ages of the managers and the fact that it's his third coming, like, it's it's ama- it's amazing, really. It's an it's an amazing achievement, you'd have to say. And uh, yeah, he won't be going anywhere for a while now, I'd imagine. Yeah, but for all in fairness, for all the plaudits, and rightly so, when you look at that record with Jack O'Connor, like huge credit to Porrick Joyce. Like I remember, it was a two years ago when they basically threw away a promotion against Monaghan uh, in Clonus and went on to to sort of you know do nothing in Connacht and you know the, the, the writing was on the wall for him and, and there would have been a lot of question marks as, as his ability as a manager as opposed to a player and and for him to not just turn around that side but to put in a performance and 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 you know I did not see that 
standard of performance in terms of the organisation and going right to the end. A huge, huge credit has to go to Porrick Joyce and his team because um, I wouldn't say they came out of nowhere, but listen, they can have bright ambitions for to be back there again next year and to be there again next year as well because, um, as I say, as, as he has been doing over the last number of weeks, that confidence, that, that pure confidence that he has, he's obviously instilled it in his players. Yeah, Dick, I would like to ask you about Paddy Talley, the point Michael made. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about what will the Kerry people think of Paddy Talley coming down. What's the view up in Ulster about him, you know, in the reverse going down? Like, has there been a lot made of, you know, the impact he's made or him even just going into the Kerry setup? Too much. Listen, it's, it's not for the first time that, that Ulster has exported that sort of uh, uh, coaching noose and, and savvy out. And, you know, it's not the first time that it's reaped rewards. I, I think sometimes he, he when it doesn't, off, it's very easy to criticise and, and to be honest with you, if Kerry hadn't won that game, the way that they were quite, you know flat going forward and ponderous you know, if, if Galway had an edge that game you could be guaranteed a lot of the blame especially from a Kerry point of view would have been turned at at, at Paddy Talley and, and they were too defensive so, you know, again, fine margins you, you can argue that it, it, it got them there are there and I say it was more more so that it, it got them over Dublin because I think if they had went out and played a wee bit more um, offensively and, and positively against Galway, they still would have got the results. But but yes, it, it, there's no question about it. He'll, he'll get the plaudits. His CV will get another you know, few stars on it that is that's well decorated at this stage. Yeah, Michael, I'll give you the last word. You're sitting in Croke Park now, an empty Croke Park, but it was full to the brim earlier, our first kind of full football final since before COVID. And what a final we got as well. You know, there was some talk maybe that Kerry could blitz some early doors, but we got an absolutely cracking game and a great occasion. Ah, brilliant game, uh, Will, in fairness, yeah. Kind of cagey enough, early doors. Just something that Dick said there as well. Galway produced, I would say, like near perfection for a long time. And then just a couple of shots just went astray. They were really they were really um, efficient with their shooting in particular. They probably had to keep that up and they probably had to end up with, you know, two to three wides for them to win the game. Just a couple of chances uh, went astray when they, were, when they were there in the kind of melting pot. But from a Kerry point of view, um, see David Clifford walking around here with, with his young fella in about, in about 18 or 19 years, I'd say we could be seeing that fella in Crow Park as well. But when you look at David Clifford and think how mature he is as a man and a player at his, at his age, um, it's just going to be brilliant to, to look at him and the likes of Sean O'Shea, Sean O'Shea and a few more over the next 10 years. And I, I have to say, I, I, think there's, I think there's five or six All-Irelands coming out of this team, I have to say. There's no... Uh, there's no the Dublin, the Dublin, Dublin team that uh, obviously took over football are on the way now. There's no obvious, you know, real bolter of a team coming. I think they're going to be very, very hard beaten over the guts of the next decade. Well, I'd like to thank Michael and Dick for joining me for our post-match podcast. And a reminder that tomorrow, Sinead Kassan will be talking to Pat Spillane, Philly McMahon and Joe Brawley to get their thoughts on the big game. But in the meantime, you can subscribe to the Throwing Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud or listen on independent.ie. So until tomorrow, thanks for listening and goodbye. This is an Irish independent podcast.